Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini, and joining me for the fourth season via Skype uh, is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, yeah, we've been at this since October of 2015, and uh, once again, we're ready to dive in with both feet with a lot of uh, Islanders news right off the top. Yeah, can you? Uh, it feels weird. We've been here as long as uh, God. Some of the players, not as <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. I guess. Uh, you know, we've basically been with this team since with Andrews Lee and and kind of grown up with this that core. Yeah, we've been here longer than Matthew Barzell, which is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had to double check. What, the was our first? That. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, was our first episode preseason or was it? Did it happen during the season? It was. It was at the start of the season, so I think okay. it was Octo- it was October second, twenty fifteen, I believe. And so it was like starting with basically the same time we're doing it now. You're probably listening to this on October 1st uh, after, uh, you know, uh, we're recording this on the 30th. And I I think it was about that time. Uh, The thing that jumped out of it to me, I listened to the first few minutes of it. The thing that jumped out to me more than anything was that your volume was about 10,000 times higher than mine. So hopefully I fixed that over the last four years. But uh, yeah, no, it was definitely early in the season because we had talked the previous season about doing it, and I think we kind of got our ducks in a row over the summer, and then started with that, you know, the opening. And it's pretty crazy to think we've seen, you know, them play hockey in two buildings. They're <laughs> they've got all around. It's, oh my god! Yeah, we've, we've we've taken down Kate Murray. We've we've you <laughs> know, it's just all sorts of crazy stuff has happened uh, in in those yeah. four years. So I mean, we've gone from Jack Capuano and Garth Snow to uh, uh, Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz and. 
from John Tavares to Barzell to Lee. Oh my God, I don't know. I, well, let's we, we'll get into all this stuff later on. This is actually episode ninety-seven, which is also kind of crazy. And uh, we're gonna do a big thing for uh, episode one hundred in a few weeks. But we have uh, some more pressing news to attend to. So um, the Islanders have finished their training camp. Uh, their season starts on Friday against the Washington Capitals. I think. Uh, I'm, I don't even know. I don't yes. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the uh, the season itself starts on Wednesday. Caps and Blues are the first game. And uh, the big the big cut came today from training camp, and there were a couple of names on it that uh, immediately jumped out to anybody that was uh, on hockey Twitter at the time. Uh, one of them was Thomas Hickey, who's 30 years old and has been with the Islanders for 449 career games. Uh, he was on uh, put on waivers today. Tanner Fritz, who's kind of come along as kind of a dependable bottom six guy. His season was derailed by injuries last year. Uh, he was on waivers, although that's probably less of a surprise than the next guy, who was, of course, Josh Hosang, who I think probably besides John Tavares is probably the guy we've talked about the most on the show. And uh, immediately the vultures started circling. Oh, my God, we're going to pick this guy up. They're going to lose this guy. They're going to lose this guy. We'll talk about that in a second. But what was your first reaction when you saw those guys uh, all on waivers? I'll tell you right away. Mine was, Ugh, really? And then just immediately turning off Twitter. So what was your reaction when you, you saw that go down? I, I was prepared for it. Uh, you know, just you just knew it was going to happen. I think the one thing that I was a little surprised with was it seems like Ross Johnston is just being held in in such high regard. Uh, kind of, I, I know they liked him last year. Obviously, they kept him up all all season without really playing him much. But it's just uh, right. You know, seeing that he was one of the bodies that stayed stayed up for one of these guys. <laughs> that was like the only you know weird part because I was prepared for it. I I, I mean, you knew it was either going to be Hosang or Dal Cole. It's just the way that the Islanders kind of operated under uh, mm. under Lamarillo and and Trotz. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's kind of funny because. He's. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been a lot longer because of how much we've talked about Hosang. But I mean, he's just been a part of our lives now for, mm. uh, you know, for whatever it's been four years. Because and uh, it's it's so weird because we've just barely seen. <laughs> how many, how many, he's been he's been talked about for for a guy who's played probably what thirty something NHL games. He, we've talked about him like he was you know Guy Lafleur or something. You know that <laughs> like like he's got that kind of track record. It's uh it's really peculiar. I think uh, I think it's uh, actually 42 games. Let me look this up. I was reading a, a piece by Jonathan Willis before. 53 games, excuse me. 53 games, uh, seven goals, 17 assists, 24 points. So I about to have half a point a game thereabouts. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't prepared. I mean, I probably should have been. Um, you know, I guess I was also kind of dreading it a little bit. Um, you know, I guess I guess just in terms of like annoyance level i get why they would wave fritz um you know what i think that they're thinking with johnston might be that yeah he's a big dude he barely plays but he doesn't need to play all that much i think they kind of don't mind him playing just at practice i think he doesn't mind playing just at practice um it's kind of weird whereas somebody like tanner fritz you know, kind of needs to play. He's shown that he's been pretty good when he does play. Um, but I also think that they can get him through waivers. I think the three of these guys, the team probably felt, could get snuck through waivers. And, like, I'd like to stay off the bat. I think a lot of people forget, too. Every team basically made cuts like this today. Like, there are guys out there that anybody would, would be happy to have. I mean, guys like uh, goalie Eric Comrie, who's been a really good AHL goalie. I think uh, he's with the the Jets, or they put him on waivers. Um there was a couple of guys that, you know, defensemen that were put on waivers that you'd think, wow, my oh, Alan Quine was another one. who Every time the Flames call him up, he plays really well, and then he ends up on waivers. It's weird. Um, so there's a bunch of guys out there that you'd think would, 
maybe draw some attention and maybe you can sneak a guy through, which I think is what Lou Lamorello was thinking. But, you know, Fritz didn't really bother me that much. Like, it would have been nice if he was up and in case Derek Broussard or Casey Zekas is hurt. You could plug him in there and it'd be okay. But I kind of got it. With Hickey, at first, you know, it bothers me because I like the person. We like the person. We like the man. We like the player. I mean, this is a guy who came on waivers and he played 449 games. That's like 10th all time on the Islanders games played list for defensemen. That's crazy. And he's just a, a completely solid, smart, top four defenseman. And he's also the best interview on the team, let's be honest, uh, for those intermission interviews. And um, But it's kind of like the law of the jungle a little bit. You know, I think he he, he got kind of wally pipped last year by Devon Taves. Uh, he got hurt, and then here comes Taves, and oh my gosh, this guy's really good. And he does not go in away. And now he's healthy, and he's a healthy scratch. So that was a problem. And then here, and we're going to talk about this a little bit towards the end of uh, this first half, uh, training camp comes along and Noah Dobson comes up and he just does everything the team needs him to do and gives them no reason to send him back to junior. So on one hand, it's like, wow, Dobson made the team. And on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it's probably going to cost you Thomas Hickey. And I think players kind of understand that against a bit of the law of the jungle. Um, it sucks. We like the guy and maybe he stays. You never know. Maybe he, he's making two and a half million this next couple of years. So if anybody's not going to get picked up, it's going to be him because these teams are, are pretty cheap. They don't want to shell out that kind of coin for a waiver pickup. Hosang, though, you know, like you said, we've talked about him a lot and and we're all rooting for him. But, you know, just nothing's ever been a straight line with this guy. <laughs> Literally, that's what Brent Thompson said. He, they couldn't get him to skate in straight lines. And, you know, part of me likes loves that. But part of me is just like, man. You know, I just when Dobson comes up and shows the team what he's all about and plays really well, that's awesome. But like you really wish that Josh had just done that, too, and he would be here. But I guess he didn't. I don't know. Maybe the team's wrong. I don't know. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is annoying. And, and like the, the kind of peripheral noise that it right. made pissed me off a little bit. But like I said, I, I kind of had a feeling that was coming. Um, and, and I think the, the thing that bothered me a little bit too was that people just didn't real like people were like wow the islanders waved thomas hickey like i can't mm. i didn't see that one coming and uh, i mean and i understand we said this all last year too like we know you can't like pay get in the weeds with all 30 other teams in the mm. league but uh you know when people were like why would the islanders ever do that we're like well this this if if we sent noah dobson back to junior to keep thomas hickey mm. the the new uh belmont thing would just be burnt down already you know people would be so <laughs> mad and uh, I, th- I mean, it's the right move, and and it sucks because, like you said, like I, I hope Thomas Hickey, like just I selfishly hoped he's just like you know what I'm retiring and I'm joining Barry Trotz's <laughs> staff because I think he's him and him and Barry Trotz are very kindred mm. spirits in the way that they kind of approach being a professional athlete and working in professional sports. I think you know they, they're guys you want to root for because they they get what they're they're doing, they get what what's like to be a fan. They don't really you know put up a a curtain in front of you or talk down to anybody like that and uh yeah so i mean you you hope i hope the hickey uh stays in the organization and, and like comes back and and is is that quintessential like six seven guy that that can we can plug and play and and he kind of just stays with us forever but it's just not going to happen and uh i was i was a little surprised people were saying that i know his con like with the contract is kind of tough to take on especially this late in, in camp but um that's he's like the perfect Def- type of defenseman for a bad team like if you know oh, yeah. your team's going to be bad this year and you have like rasmus Dahlin on your team or you have like the thomas shabbat or uh eric branstrom on the senators like if, if you want these guys to, to like watch a professional athlete go about his business the right way you just 
slap him with Thomas Hickey and you say, just do what this guy does. And so we'll see. Um, uh, but I'm, I mean, it's not, I've now read that he's played 449 games for the Islanders. And you think back, you're like, no, it actually, he's actually been here a long time and <laughs> it doesn't feel like it the same right. way as like, as we were talking about with the podcast, like I just don't, it doesn't feel like he's been around that long, but he really has. And he's had such a, a profound impact on like the team through some really lean kind of dark years. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny. Cause like, you know, all of these guys make sense. And again, it goes back, you know, there are other guys in the league too. Sven Barchke was another guy who's been around and he's almost, almost a little bit like a Hosang type. He's already been traded once, but he's another guy who's like, uh, you know, they had high hopes. Nick Patan was, I think another first round pick who was waived today by the leap. So all of these guys, like there's a case to be made for, you know, of the 40 or whatever guys that were waived today, there's a case to be made. If you're the Ottawa senators for all of them, like there's, a, you know, uh, why wouldn't you pick up any of these guys and just let them run? Um, Somebody in the uh, there was a uh, some lines from Oilers practice tweeted earlier today, and somebody on Twitter was like, you know, if you just put your finger over the centers, obviously McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Drysital, and then the you know you replaced all the wingers with guys on waivers today, you'd probably have a better team than the guys the Oilers are going to actually play this year. So why wouldn't they pick a bunch of guys up? I don't know, they just wouldn't probably. So I think that's the the idea is that you can sneak these guys through. Um, because lines are, you know, teams are being set and teams are kind of going forward with guys that they expected to be on the team and they didn't expect like a Thomas Hickey to be out there. So, you know, and then you pick that guy up and then you've got to make a decision with the guys that you have. So, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to, we, we don't want to make it sound too concrete because the chances are people are listening to this well after all of this has happened. So we don't want to kind of like, you know, throw out, uh, all the, uh, the babies and bathwater and so on. But, uh, you know, if they do need to go on without Thomas Hickey, that's going to really kind of suck because, like you said, he's he's more than just a pretty solid defenseman. He's he's a smart guy, and I think that yeah. the team likes having him around. And you know, Lou Lamorello gave the the, the all the cuts are hard, you know, speech <laughs> today. So uh, that's just how it's going to be. You know, without yeah. with um with Hosang though, you know, I, I, I it's fifty fifty that he gets picked up. Like I can honestly totally see him going and being picked up by somebody, or I can totally see him not being picked up by anybody and just, you know, going right back to Bridgeport because, you know, nobody wants to deal with the headache of, you know, having to kind of mold Josh Hosang into an NHL player. So, uh, you know, if they were to live without him, well, you know, we've been here before as Islanders fans, like watching a guy who they used to have, you know, play well for somebody else or maybe not play well and kind of monitoring him from afar. Um, but if they keep him, he goes back to Bridgeport, then what happens? Like, you know, the story continues and we've got to hope that he can, give the coaches what they want it's and uh i think it's also interesting to note how far this team has gone in like five years or so or um because when snow was in charge and kind of like in the meat of his uh of his reign uh the islanders were just all over the waiver wire yeah on the other side like they were just picking matt molson right and uh uh Uh, grabner Grabner, right. Yeah. I mean, you could go as far back to Chris Osgood. Like, Chris Osgood right. came to the Islanders in a waiver draft, which I think was a almost like a one-time thing. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we, we got to stop this because Chris Osgood can't be changing teams. <laughs> yeah. He can't be going from, like, the, the yeah. marquee team in the NHL to the Islanders. Yeah, so, they uh, totally changed the, the yeah. whole way it worked. Yeah. But, I, I mean, it's just for a long time they were doing that. And, uh, you know, it's nice not to be in that. It's like to have, like, uh, I, I, I don't think it's – I think – there are there are surplus to requirements on the Islanders roster. Mm. Unfortunately, the surplus weren't the ones that are on the waivers. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just it's nice to be, I guess, on this side. It's the silver lining, and 
uh, you know, if, if, if we do have to bid farewell to these two guys, it's, it's, you know, been nice. And mm. especially for Hickey, like I, I, yeah. I mean that in all sincerity, like his, his impact on this franchise, I think it's like him as a player and as a person is like very understated, but extremely positive. Yeah. Um, so, well, let's you know, bring up the lines. Let's, let's look at, at the way Arthur Staple has them laid out here. And of course, you know, it's it, subject to change, obviously, but, uh, we're probably looking at a situation like this um, uh, where it's uh, first line would be Matthew Barzell between Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. They were essentially the top line last year in the playoffs. They're going to stay that way. No reason to break them up. Second line, he has um, Brock Nelson in between Josh Bailey and Michael Dow Cole. Uh, again, Dow Cole making the team is pretty awesome. Uh, is he going to play in the second line? I don't know. He certainly can. He's found a role on this team as like the corner guy to, to dig him, uh, you know, pucks out of the corner. And uh, he had a nice goal in Bridgeport against the, uh, the Rangers uh, in their win on Saturday. Um, so, again, that line, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the, where the line is, but that, that would be a fine line, I think. Um, third line, you'd have Derek Broussard between Leo Komarov and Anthony Beauvillier. Again, I can see Beauvillier on the second line with Nelson and Bailey if they can, you know, not turn pucks over and not give up chance after chance on the defensive end. They could probably work out pretty well and, you know, maybe put Dal Cole down there. I think Dal Cole and, uh, and Broussard might be able to work out pretty well. Komarov is going to be a lightning rod for the next three seasons. You know, all these guys that got waived any, by any team, would be a worthy replacement for Leo Komarov. And and his first season in uh, with the Islanders, he, he must have been a great locker room guy because on the ice, yeah, he didn't do much. I don't have it in front of me, but there wasn't a whole lot of scoring going on. He took a lot of penalties that were really irritating. Um, and that's he's kind of like, you know, that's if you're irritated about you know, Hosang getting cut or, or maybe them not picking up somebody else from you know another team, chances are you're directing your ire at Leo Komarov. And that might be unfair because he just signed the contract that was laid out for him and Lou Lamarillo is the one that gave it to him, but it, it is kind of a stumbling block. And I hope that, you know, Leo can have a more productive season this year than he had last year. Uh, Bovillier hopefully is okay. And, you know, Brassard, I think, will be all right. I've said it before. I think Brassard will maybe turn around and, and I think he'll have a, a, a good non injury plagued season. We'll see what happens. He's also dirt cheap. So yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't, he's, well, whatever. He's, uh, it's, I think it's interesting that he's just on this team because I, I like, I loved him a lot. And then, when he was drafted by Columbus, I, he was drafted like right before or after Kyle Oposo in that draft. And I just remember wanting either one of them. I was like, I either want Derek Broussard or I want Kyle Oposo. Mm. Uh, so walking out, of, I was at the draft party that year too for um, at the Coliseum. That was a weird one. If you want to, <laughs> if, if there's like a home video of that draft party, oh God, like that was a, that was an interesting uh, setting. But uh, mm. yeah, we got a, I was just, I really just always enthralled with him. Then when he went to the Rangers, I was just so mad and I was, I kind of trained myself to hate him. Yeah. And then, and then it didn't change because he went to the Penguins and I was, or, well, he went to Senators and I was like, yeah, you know, this is great. And he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then he went to the Penguins, hated him again. And I was like, this guy, he's like very, he reminds me of Chris Letang a little bit. And now he's, you know, he went to the Panthers. Basic Panthers <laughs> for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then he was on the Avalanche. I was like, so yeah. this guy's like completely just done like a tornado. Yeah. And, and, get spit out on the islanders i'm like oh i can i can really you yeah. know train myself to like this guy and, and i'm excited by him because i think as far as like a third line center goes if if, if and and i understand he had a bad year last year and he's what 31 or whatever yeah. uh but if you had put if this was 365 days ago and you looked at the islanders roster and you saw Derek brassard filled in at the third line center rather than Valtteri Filppula, <laughs> uh, people would be like, oh, well, you know, that that's a really, you know, savvy little move, smart gamble by the Islanders to have him in that spot, a little scoring upside mm. for a third line center. 
Um, but just one season has changed changed the yeah. uh, you know narrative and dynamic around him. And I think you know this has been a place where players like that have kind of refound their uh, their their skill and their game, or they've had career renaissances on Long Island. So I'm a I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think, you know, I don't know if him and Leo Komarov being on the same line, I don't think they really are see the game the same way, no, <laughs> but, no. but, yeah, but, uh, yeah I, mean, I think he's, look, he's, he's, I'm getting excited about him because he's the only signing we made, but yeah. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about him. Yeah. No, I mean, it's weird how that happens. Like, you know, Thomas Grice a year ago, well, actually at the end of last season, you know, we all were very excited about Robin Leonard's numbers, but like, Thomas Grice's numbers were, you know, a, a tenth of a, a percentage point away from Leonard's. Like, his he was spectacular. I mean, you could have made a case that Grice could have deserved, uh, you know, to be a finalist for the Vezina too, just the way Leonard was. And the year before, Grice was awful, just absolutely terrible. And you were like, oh, man, they're saddled with this guy for two more seasons? That's terrible. Now it's like, oh, man, thank God Grice is still here, you know? So, I mean, I think it's weird how sometimes these guys can just – fall off a cliff and just be like completely just out no in the middle of nowhere and then come back and and be very productive and I feel like that Broussard is kind of a candidate for that uh I remember when he got traded first of all I remember when he got traded from the the Blue Jackets to the Rangers I was like what does this guy throw in and then all of a sudden he became you know one of the most hated people I remember on the Rangers for a long time he just it became very irritating um but when he got traded from the Senators to the Penguins, I thought I was really mad because I'm like, great, you guys have just handed the Penguins yep. a third straight Stanley Cup. Like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, this is exactly the perfect guy. Yeah, he hasn't been that good in Ottawa, but you know what? He, they needed a third line center. They got one. God damn it. Why would you do that? And it didn't work out. So that's okay. But, uh, you know, maybe he can refine that game. We'll have to see what happens. Um, and then the fourth line, we all know, Matt Martin, Casey Zekas, Kyle Clutterbuck. It's not going to change. Clutterbuck and Sezikis left uh, the ice on Saturday in a bit of pain, but Trot says he'll be okay. Clutterbuck has finally had his back straightened out. Yeah, so. I, I watched I watched two two maybe sequence of plays in the preseason because mm-hmm. uh, I just can't watch it. I can't deal with the fact of these guys getting you know maybe getting hurt. And it's just hard. it's just you know the. It's, it all goes back to that Olympics with Tavares getting yeah. hurt. It's just like if you're going to get hurt, it better happen on a game, in a game that matters. And uh, and I saw Grice – one of the plays, I saw Grice slide out to the blue line like when Steve uh, Steve Bajan and uh, mm. DiPietro collided. Oh and then the, the, the other play I saw was just che- wanted to check the score. Yeah. Uh, was Casey Zizekas going down. God. So I was like, yeah, this is – I'm cursed. I just turned it right back off and oh, just geez. waited for somebody to tell me he was okay. Yeah, no, he he's supposed to be all right. I mean, fortunately, they played Saturday, and they don't play again until Friday. So they got a nice, like, week or so to get him straightened out. But you know Casey, he's going to play no matter what. I mean, with those guys, it's really – actually, it's, you know, with those guys, injuries is kind of the big concern. Like, you know they can play. If they're healthy, they're playing, and they play well. But that's where, like, a Tanner Fritz might have fit in. But in any event, the extra – uh, forwards would were Ross Johnson, who we talked about before, and Tom Kuhnhackle, a guy who again pretty much sat all season long until the playoffs, and then he was in every game. So he must he just 
must not mind practicing and playing. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't wave him. I feel like he could have made it through waivers. But uh, in any event, he does. I guess he doesn't mind being the extra forward. And then on defense, you've got, again, a same cast of characters we've come to know. Uh, Pellick and Pullick right up the top. Uh, who were great in the playoffs, uh, Taves and Mayfield, who came on. Mayfield, eh, it didn't look all that great during training camp, but, uh, you know, he'll probably be fine. And then right now it's Nick Letty and Noah Dobson, and that leaves Johnny Boychuk out on the sidelines. And, you know, for all the the talk about, you know, people will not pick up Thomas Hickey because he's making $2.3 million, Johnny Boychuk is making $6 million this year, and he's 35. And to be quite blunt, I love Johnny Boychuk. But to be blunt... I wouldn't mind seeing him play like maybe 50 games, <laughs> you know, like I feel like he could save his body for the playoffs. This guy does not play uh, an easy game. And I think for the betterment of his career and his livelihood after the, his career is over, I think playing less games is probably a good thing for him. That being said, how does he get in? Cause that top four, that top six, if it's set is set and that's it. So um, I don't know, you know, for all the, I'm sure the conversation with Hickey was not a fun one to have. The conversation with Johnny Boychuk is not going to be a fun one to have either, which is like, oh, sorry, Johnny, you're not playing tonight because of the kid. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be kind of weird, but I think that top, you know, the great thing about that top six too, is that outside of Letty and Boychuk, they're dirt cheap. So they're going to be together for, for a hell of a long time, I guess. Um, but yeah. they are going to need to figure out what to do with Letty and Boychuk, to be honest with you. <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, one thing also is is we all, because there's no games that have been played, we all overreact to the to these like <laughs> opening lines, and uh, people are bound. I mean, hockey people get hurt, so uh, you know, in no time we'll we'll be calling up people, and you know, if it's Hickey or if he's gone, it's you know Grant Hutton or Sebastian right. Ajo, whoever it is. Uh, you know, this is obvious. This is going to be like this for a couple for a couple weeks, and then everything gets thrown into into <laughs> flux. Uh, but I, I I and I know this is hard because I'm not a professional athlete, but I think, you know, that that's, it's just the sage thing to do with Boychuk. It's like, you know, put him on a pitch count. Yeah. And not only does it, it, it also works out for him too. You, you say like, you know, this is a way you, you can make me play an extra year down the line is by not, you know, racking up an extra season of games, you know, in your, le- in your, in your next three years and playing 60 instead of 80 or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited to see that. And I, I think Noah Dobson, there's so much, so much hoopla around mm. the uh, the other rookies in the in the metro, and I think you know there's a maybe there's a chance that Dobson is the the best one of the bunch. So yeah. uh, can't I just can't wait? And and he's also how great is it that we got this this um, much hyped rookie is this blue chipper, and instead of his first season being played under Doug Wade or <laughs> Jack Capuano, he's right. got Barry Trotz. Like this is, That's I think a- people. Yeah. They are, are kind of overlooking that, that this guy is going to step in and he's going to be immediately coached by Barry Trotz. That, that's a really good point. I, I To be honest, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. I mean, this dude is 6'4". He can skate. He can score. He can he can do everything. And he's he's now on the third defensive pairing with Nick Letty being being coached by Johnny Boyce, by uh, Barry Trotz. So, like, this is an ideal situation for him. I mean, this is a team that – that is defensively responsible. And I mean, Trot said himself, he doesn't look like a 19 year old out there and he hasn't. I mean, the one, the two good things I took away from all of these preseason games was that Dobson looks really, really good and really, really ready. Uh, the top line looks really, really good and really, really ready. Uh, Lee Barzell and Everly actually. And the third thing <laughs> sorry, it was three things, those two things. And then the other one is that Varlamov also looks really good. Uh, he's, he's looked really good. I know it's preseason and he's probably playing against AHLers, but I've been really impressed by how Varlamov has looked 
Uh, you know, you wonder how's he going to take to the coaching, blah blah blah. But he's looked really, really, really good. I don't know how many goals he gave up or whatever, but I remember he's looked very, very solid. So those three things I took away from training camp, and um, I, I, you know, it's it. You're right. Like they haven't played any games. This is the roster is mainly the same, but there's enough differences that make you wonder how they're going <laughs> to fare. And the bigger problem is that you know, always in this division, there's always somebody who's made a bigger splash than you. And this year, this summer belonged to essentially the Devils and Rangers. I mean, they both got exponentially better. Are they both playoff teams? I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. Um, Columbus seemed to get exponentially worse, but you know what? I think they're still going to be pretty good. Um, they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to be. They've, they've, no matter, even when that team was Rick Nash and 20 guys up the street, they beat the Islanders. So, you know, I'm sure they're still going to be pretty good. Flyers are always good. The Penguins are always good. And the Capitals are always good. And the, and the Hurricanes actually had a really good offseason, too. So, you know, the Islanders are kind of the same. They're a little bit different, but everybody else is, in a lot of cases, really different. And so that's where I think a lot of the, the anxiety comes from. It's just like, oh, my God, how are these guys going to fare now against these other guys? Like how, you know, we saw how they fared against last year's teams, but now how are they going to deal when they have to play with, play against Jack Hughes, P.K. Subban, all these guys, Capococco and all the, you know, so uh, it's going to be kind of hard to see. And if, <laughs> if you know, Hosang or Hickey gets picked up by somebody and goes on to have success and the Islanders don't, you're going to be like, ah, really? You know, we had those guys and we could have used them right now, but we don't have them anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the Metro is just going to be interesting. It's just very well balanced. Uh, for for the longest time, it was you know the Rangers or Penguins or the, the Capitals or Penguins. It's like very very clear and obvious the the class of the division, and uh, it's not anymore. Mm. I think people are really high on the Hurricanes, like they usually are. But instead of them being a long shot, they're they're among the you know they're one of the favorites in the division. And yeah. uh, I actually I'm fine with that because I think Peter Mrazek had a had a good year last year but he's he's a, as mercurial as goalies come and that's already a mercurial position so right. like I, I'm, I'm not too worried but uh yeah i think uh it's almost like you wanted it, it, there was a lot so many with phil kessel leaving they, mm. basically the islanders were the only team in the division that really s- kind of stayed on course mm. so it'll be funny all these things were just flying around around them and, and they just <laughs> were like now oh, we're good and yeah. uh you wonder like you, you they you think also all the talk about system and Barry Trotz. I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but before last year, the beginning of last year, he's like, you know, it's going to take like two or three years for this project to, to kind of bear fruit. And it really took like a month and a half <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But so, so if we're in, if we're in month, you know, 13 or whatever, it's now, uh, yeah. it's, that's what's exciting. It's like exciting. The, the unexcitingness of it is kind of exciting. If that makes sense. Like the <laughs> fact that there's really been no flesh. It's like, all right, let's see what step two of this, this thing looks like. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it, that's the thing. Like, yeah, that we said last year that, you know, uh, we think that he just found a willing audience. Like, I think that he just found a, an audience that, you know, when he went to Washington and he had to teach stuff, you know, that team was already pretty good. They had a lot of superstars on it that, you know, were probably jaded from not having, you know, for having gone far, but not having won and had this like baggage. Meanwhile, he comes and it took a while and they finally won it. Meanwhile, he comes to the Islanders and these guys are like, yes, please teach us everything because we want to know. And, you know, it took a while for like the Barzell Eberle connection to get back together and, and other stuff. But generally speaking, 
this team took to it. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how another training camp under these guys and those guys teaching new guys what it's going to be like. Uh, it, it should be pretty interesting. Uh, we also have some off-season, off-ice uh, Islanders news to talk about. And uh, when we come back from the break, we'll talk all about that big, huge mound of dirt on the Queens-Nassau border that uh, you might be watching right now on a live webcam. All right, we'll be back in a couple of seconds. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Islanders roster didn't change all that much over the course of the summer, but one huge thing did change a lot, and that is that the Belmont project, the arena project, has finally begun. There have been two groundbreakings, one of actual machines beginning to break ground in the parking lot where they're building the arena, and then there was an official sort of groundbreaking event uh, for season ticket holders that happened uh, last week, there was lots of pictures and video and hashtags and literal jars <laughs> yeah, of dirt that were given out. It was, it was two different kinds of machines. You had the, the construction <laughs> machines and then you had the political machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the PR machine was was up and yeah, working. Yeah, the PR machine. There were machines everywhere. Yeah. Um, the Islanders website has a whole uh, Belmont hub that you can you know, get updates from and then watch on a live cam the actual arena being built. And I got to tell you, it is absolutely fascinating. It really <laughs> is to watch these things moving around, moving dirt from one place. I don't know how these guys do this, but it's pretty interesting. And from what I've talked to people who have – apparently other teams have done this. They did this in Dallas and, and a few other places. Apparently what, what it feels like is you know they, they move the dirt around for what feels like five years. And then once the dirt has been moved to wherever it needs to be moved to and they start actually putting the thing up, it's almost like kind of a prefab house. Like they just start like locking things together like Legos. And then before you know, boom, the whole arena is finished. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, to have gotten to this point, I mean, we've we've talked ad nauseum about this subject and, uh, you know, we, we've covered all the ground. We, we've recovered a lot of ground, too. But to have gotten to the point now where people are actually taking pictures with shovels. Uh, that are half shovel, half hockey stick. Cuomo's out there. Ralph Macchio's out there. Kevin Connolly's out. You know, this is real now. This is they're building this, and yes, there are there are lawsuits, and they're going to be lawsuits from here on out. But this thing is getting built, and that is unbelievable. They moved more games back to the Coliseum, and it's it's gotten to the point now where like it's it's happening, and it's a huge momentous thing. But it's almost like. I can't really muster up that much excitement for it because we've just seen so many twists and turns and I'm kind of out of gas, but I can recognize in my brain that this is kind of a big deal, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh, it's at the point where me and you and probably a few other, you know, really weathered Islander fans are probably the only people left in the room that 
still have our doubts. I mean, I like we've been saying from the beginning, I'm not not until I'm watching a hockey game at that place do I like acknowledge that it actually exists. Mm. Uh, very much like Chris Osgood playing for the Islanders until yeah. I saw him playing in his red pads on, on, on his Islander jersey. Yeah. I didn't couldn't comprehend it. And uh, <laughs> and now it's it's the same way. I'm just you know, I'm, I'm kind of just hope hopefully optimistic about the whole thing. Uh, I'm I'm actually happy there are lawsuits flying around because it wouldn't be Islanders an Islanders thing without you know somebody you know just throwing throwing the book at someone else. Uh, <laughs> so that really made it that really made it authentic. Uh, but I I think just the the general good feelingness of uh, this whole project and uh, the the work John Ledecky kind of does as like a hype man for the for the team and it's just they they really started to embrace what this franchise is all about which is like we're we're not a part of a big city like it makes sense to put a team in, in Dallas it makes sense to put a team in Phoenix these are massive cities this franchise has never really ever made sense uh, <laughs> and we're just a it, it works because it's a product of a very strong community long island was built on these in these like suburban idealistic communities and that's what people are here for they're here because they love that kind of stuff and that's what the islanders are a product of and they're starting to finally lean into that uh into that kind of zeitgeist and ethos and uh they get it like it's just like so there's there are so many times where you know if you made fun of like the islanders or something and that you're doing it like tongue in cheek. Like you just be like, well, the Islanders just, they kind of just ignored it. They're starting to embrace like the quirkiness of the franchise from the beginning, uh, rather than worry about it from a PR standpoint. Like people are making fun of us for the fishermen stuff. Like, no, like, there are people that think it's really cool. Like those jerseys, like, like they're embracing it. It's, it's the stuff on, uh, you see these commercials on MSG now for like the coffee company, uh, mm. that, that makes the Islanders coffee, the, Oyster Bay Brewing, like they are, instead of suing these people for using the, you know, the <laughs> Islanders logo and setting up a cease and desist, they're like, no, this is good. This is the Offside Tavern too. Like this is like good stuff. This is the type of stuff that makes your people want to be a part of the fan base. And they never really got into that kind of stuff until these two guys took over. Uh, and now they're really starting to do it. It, it feels, it feels like, uh, like a part of the, like being, it has a much more communal feel to it than it did um from for a long time there like basically since the lighthouse project kind of mm. got nixed yeah no no you're you're right i mean and that is the difference like they are embracing the weirdness you know uh and i think that it's you know it's kind of a fine line because you have to embrace the weirdness because the team is weird but at the same time you also have to make money <laughs> which is where the arena comes in and and you know it is still a business um and you have to you know the we can't we can't look past the fact that these guys did play ball with these these politicians and like, you know, we had to get they had to get them on board uh, in kind of getting the approvals here. Cuomo was obviously a big a big aid in this, but they had to get the uh, the railroad station set up and they got, you know, the new Nassau County exec, Laura Curran, helped uh, get things along and they got all these you know various people sign signing off on it. So that kind of you know, that's sort of you just got to wait. We got to wait for one of them to start tweeting about the line combinations in practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh your, God, brain, yeah. your brain will really will explode when you yeah, see right. Governor Cuomo you imagine tweets. Cuomo like, oh, my God, you're putting Hosang on waivers? What are you, you know, <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, then, so you got that sort of aspect of it. Then you've got, you know, the, you got to shell out like a billion dollars for this thing and make it so it's kind of a place that people want to go. And it's a big time arena. And like we all know that Ledecky did this tour and got all these you know notes and stuff from places like Detroit and Edmonton and whatever. So then there's that aspect of it. But then there, again, there's the aspect of it, like you said, I mean, that they're 
is kind of front facing to us is to embrace the weirdness, like embrace the the season ticket holders that have been here since 1972 or in some cases since 1995 and have seen nothing good happen. Or, you know, the people that, you know, saw, you know, Mike Bossy get drafted, but all the same, you know, different people that saw John Tavares leave. Like you have to embrace all of these people. And, you know, Ledecky really gets into the whole alumni aspect of it. And they, he was announcing alumni weekend. I forget what it's. I think it's yep, this 100. month. Yeah, hundred yeah, different Islanders coming. Okay. We're gonna. I want to like just make a list of. I know all the alumni and just see if I how many of them I can guess. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I I got chills when I read that. I, I, there's. Yeah. If we can, if we get Wade Dublowitz in that building. <laughs> well, we talked. I mean, we talked about the bump that Sean Bates got. Like, you know, yeah. uh, maybe this is the year that Ziggy Palfy's back. Like, I'm just saying. Like, this is you know, this is if this is John Ledecky's kind of baby. Then that's awesome. Like, let him do that because people love it, and it's it's you know it's kind of a cheap bump, but you know what? People love it. <laughs> bring Sean Bates back. Bring bring Yashin back. I don't know who these guys are. Bring anybody back, and it's just a great thing that people love to see. So, you know, I think it's I, I don't want it to sound like I'm not grateful that this is happening because I am, but you know, I just went back and read so many of the articles that I had written from the time that you know the the I I joined Lighthouse Hockey around the time of the um, um, the referendum. The old uh, the lighthouse project referendum, and I mean the whole the whole site was named almost after the lighthouse project in a way, and then we saw that kind of fizzle out. Then we saw them move to Brooklyn. Then we saw them announce, you know what? Maybe this thing will happen someplace else. Then it's like, no, that can't be right. Then it's like, holy cow, this is right. They're actually going to do this. Then it was like all these you know meetings and zoning meetings and you know, uh, whatever stuff happening in Albany and, you know, people airing their grievances. And now here we are at this at this groundbreaking and I'm kind of really out of gas. And it's just been this un- unbelievable story that I can't imagine any other team going through besides this one. And once that building is built and I'm sitting in that seat, then I can finally be like, now I'm excited for this because yeah. I'm, I'm excited to know every single thing about this place, every nook and cranny of it, and make it feel like home. Because that's the thing with Barclays Center. Like, it just never really felt like home. And, yeah, and, you know. and the one guy who, who stamped his feet and didn't want to, like, <laughs> give it to that, he's gone. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, we, we got him out of there, too. He's gone, gone. Your, your nemesis. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. <laughs> so that was why he left, I heard, was that uh, <laughs> yeah. you called him a snake that time. So there you go. Yeah. Good that, job. Was, that, was, that was actually at the, the Tavares game. So yeah. uh, it, went, so. it went from that. My, I was directing my ire to him, to a corporate fat cat, to a trader, and uh, I got a, it was very. That was one of the most cathartic nights of my life. I can, yeah, no, that was that was. I mean that that whole thing was great, and then but then we each had that little kind of like extra whipped cream on top when from your the, your encounter with Mr. Yomark. So there you go. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no. So I mean, it's it's exciting. I'm excited to see where it goes from here on out. <laughs> Again, you could watch it live, and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I've been watching it. You know, you throw it on, and you're like, yeah, I have it up cool. right now. Yeah. It's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch the the background because you'll turn it on and you'll just be like, "Holy shit! I would hate to be on the cross island right now." And then there are other times you're like, "Oh, it looks all right. Traffic's yeah. moving." Yeah, I'm just like, "What are they doing? Like, why are they bringing that dirt from one place to the other?" But uh, yeah, uh, you know, to, to if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, if you're a longtime reader of Lighthouse Hockey, if you're a longtime Islanders fan, even if you're a short time Islanders fan, like this has been a long time coming, and and we should be excited and we should be ready. You know, to see this through and, and, you know, I'm not saying I'm not worried about these lawsuits, but we're hoping that they kind of go away. And from what yeah. we've read in Newsday and stuff, they don't seem to have a ton of merit. Uh, and you and know, the, the project's been and and I'm, I'm trying my best not even be biased here, but mm-hmm. the project has been kind of lauded by 
a lot of people that whose right. opinions I hold in high regard, like, you know, uh, Randy Marshall, who's been kind of covering this kind of stuff mm-hmm. on Newsday, like she she gets it. And if this thing was kind of was was going to be a backbreaker for taxpayers and, mm-hmm. and, and politically kind of unfair, I guess, um, I think she would call it out. And it doesn't seem like it's gotten to that point at all, yeah. which which has made me sleep a little bit better at night. Not that I would, you know, I would be like, ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, whatever. But uh, as long as my Islanders stay, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, it's not going to be perfect. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, Field of Schemes article about it. And, you know, they're going to have that kind of stuff happening. But I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are shelling out a lot of money for this arena. And, at you know, at the other end of the day, too, like the only option, the only other alternative is that the parking lot stays empty. Right. So like – you know, yeah, I get it. Like, you might not want a 17,000 seat arena in your backyard, but like, there's also an empty parking lot there. So, mm-hmm. what is going to be more useful to you? You know, I yeah. just, so. And but. the 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 thing is, the point I guess I was trying to make was a lot of times, like in other cities, like when these these buildings and stadiums get built, like the, the news is trickles out to other places. Like, no, this is like the Miami Marlins thing. And I think there's mm. something bad oh, in Calgary, God. like, and, yeah. or Edmonton, one of those. Like, it seemed like pretty pretty uh shady stuff going on or whatever and and it doesn't really seem like and and like i said like this could be biased but it just doesn't seem like that stuff has no has, the same has, way. has surfaced yet at least no and, i feel uh, the same way i mean it, they, they went for a year and a half of all these like you know studies and i read that their environmental study was like three times larger than it needed to be so it was like every i was dotted and every t was crossed three times over so, I mean, that's what I read. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I feel the same way. <laughs> the, the Calgary thing is really weird. I mean, to make a long story short, basically the, the mayor for years was like, no, we're not going to give you any money to build an arena. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, we're partnering with the Flames on a new arena and we're going to give them this much money. And people are like, wait, what happened? What, what the hell happened? No, we're not giving you any money. So, I don't know, something was weird going on there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, it, it means the Islanders are going to stay here and, and have a home of their own. And uh, it's going to be – Pretty, pretty. It's gonna be a pretty big swing when that place is built, and you know, all of a sudden, this very quirky team becomes the one playing in the billion-dollar stadium with, you know, <laughs> probably you know, the uh, thirty-dollar hamburgers, you know. But uh, we're gonna, you know, be- beats anywhere else, and it will be back on the island where they never should have left, to be honest. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have a, a few announcements uh, for the season going forward. Uh, please don't stop listening to us right now. I can tell from our traffic uh, charts and stuff like that that this is usually the part where people kind of tune out a little bit. Please listen because there is information here you are going to want to have. I promise you. Trust me on this. It's going to be great. It's the first episode. Please just humor us. You're going to want to hear this stuff. It's going to be very, very important. (laughs) Um, First and foremost, obviously, we are back. Uh, This is great. I wouldn't want it any other way. We are going to be back doing this weekly again, which we did for the first time last year and it Worked out pretty well, I would say. So uh, we're back weekly. Um, the plan going forward is once again to kind of record on Wednesdays, post Thursdays. Yeah, depending on my softball schedule. It, <laughs> depending on <laughs> softball schedule, depending on life, kind of gets in the way sometimes. So, you know, subject to change, but especially towards, I think, um, after about November or so, we probably should be able to settle in. The Islanders, for whatever reason, don't play on Wednesdays. So it makes sense for us to record on Wednesdays. Well, and that's because that's when NBC Sports plays the games. So. Uh, but they never, uh, they never yeah. qualify. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they and they did away with Wednesday night rivalry. So yeah, so uh, well for whatever reason, that's our day. So we're probably gonna do that. But I mean, again, things things change and softball or again life or whatever. But uh, that's the plan going forward. Um, Dan and Nola are already back. They've already posted an episode, and so you should be listening to Isles Buzz as well. Uh, and we are also going to have two 
count them, two new podcasts this upcoming season. Uh, the first one we teased at the end, the last episode of last season, uh, which is Islanders Award Winners. It's a narrative podcast hosted by myself and uh, with research done by our friend Kevin Schultz. We're going to talk about Kevin again in a little bit, uh, who uh, helps me out. And it's every episode focuses on an Islander who won uh, a major NHL award that season. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this. I hope people really like it. <laughs> I've been working on this uh, all summer long, and uh, it's something very different. Like, it's not the kind of thing, you know, you're used to hearing as far as sports podcasts go. First episode of that premieres Monday, October 7th. The first episode is going to be Dennis Potvin, Calder Trophy, 1974. Uh, the first Monday of every month will be a new episode. Uh, and again, Monday, October 7th, Dennis Potvin. Uh, the next episode, too, will be about Brian Trottier and Hart Trophy. Uh, so check it out. The first couple episodes uh, are going to go up for the next month. And it's, I, I don't know, I'm very excited for it. Hopefully, you really like it. Uh, and if you don't, well, what can I do? But it, I try to be something different. Uh, the second thing uh, is going to be uh, another one. We haven't talked about this yet. This is the part you're going to want to hear. It's called My Favorite Islanders Game. And it is a call in show starring you, the Islanders fan. Uh, you call into our number. Go straight to Google Voice uh, voicemail, and you can just tell us about your favorite Islanders game experience. Uh, could be something funny, could be something historic, could be something heartbreaking. Whatever it is, if it's your favorite game, we want to hear it. The number to call, get a pen. Here's the number. It is 646-980-8857. That's 646-980-8857. Call that number. You'll hear a message. Once you hear the beep, you can start talking. You will get cut off after three minutes, but if you get cut off and you have more story to tell, just come back and, and keep talking and we'll pick it up. And the, uh, the first episode of that will premiere the third Monday of October, which would be, let me get this right, uh, that would be October uh, 21st. Call before the 21st. Hopefully it makes it into the first episode. And that'll be the third Monday of every month will be a new episode of my favorite Islanders game. Uh, this I hope people like this. This, I don't know. I kind of came up with this idea, and hopefully people like it. Call in. We want to hear. Whether you're a new fan, old fan, whatever, I think it's kind of neat, and, and I know people like to hear these things. I, I don't like to do, like, mailbag episodes because we don't know what we're talking about. So <laughs> answering people's questions about where the team is going never seemed to really appeal to me, but I just thought this was kind of a cool idea. So please call in, 646-980-8857. Okay, we're almost done. Uh, we have a new Twitter account at <laughs> uh, LHH podcasts. One word at LHH podcasts is our new Twitter account just for lighthouse hockey podcasts. So you can follow along for us, Nolan, Dan, my favorite Islanders game, Islanders award winners are all going to be right there. So follow, so click follow on there, check it out. And uh, any news questions, announcements, things like that will also be filtered through there. And finally, also very excited about this. We have a new sponsor this year. And this is where Kevin comes in. Kevin, you know from Islanders Twitter, from Islanders Point Blank. He's, his photographs have been on our site. He's a great, great guy. He's a friend of ours. And he just opened up a store called VintageIceHockey.com. And what it does is it sells shirts, hoodies, and mugs uh, for over 100 classic teams and their logos. Uh, teams like the Long Island Ducks, Long Island Cougars, New York Golden Blades, New York Rovers, North New England Whalers. There's hundreds of teams there from all across uh, North America going back decades, and it's awesome. Uh, he is our sponsor this year. You should check it out, VintageIceHockey.com. He is running a sale this week, uh, two sales actually. If you buy one shirt, you get another one half off. 
Or if you buy a hoodie, you get a free mug with every purchase. And that is through uh, so, uh, Sunday, October 5th. So order before Sunday, and you can either get buy, buy one shirt, get one half off, or you can get uh, a hoodie and get a free mug. Uh, I have a Long Island Ducks t-shirt. Did you ever get your t-shirt? Not yet. You should. <laughs> I know. I want to. I, I got to. I want to. I'm gonna give it as a gift, or, oh. or get one. Get get a couple of things as a gift for uh, for birthdays. I, I I have them saved. All right. Um, but uh, these are really great. I mean, they got the logos. Uh, my Long Island Ducks shirt just has Long Island Ducks. Uh, the years on it. Colmac Arena on the bottom, and it's it's really cool. And it's if you're a hockey fan and like you're a big hockey fan and you remember some of these teams like the New England Whalers or you know if you're if you're a fan who grew up in the 70s and you remember the New York Golden Blades. Or uh, I forget. Oh man, I forget what team they were before. But they were something before, and then they were the Golden Blades. Um, uh, the Raiders, New York Raiders. He has a New York Raiders uh, shirt. They have W. He's got WHA teams like the Cleveland Cat Crusaders. Um, he's got minor league teams like the Macon Whoopie. That's a real team. <laughs> the Macon <laughs> Whoopie. You could look them up. Uh, the prices are good. The quality is excellent. I and mean, again, Kevin is a friend of ours, but this is great stuff. And if you're a hockey fan, you want to wear something different. You know. You don't have to wear Islander stuff all the time. VintageIceHockey.com is the place. They're our sponsor this year, so get used to them. <laughs> We're going to be talking about them every week, uh, but you should check it out. We're going to have some discount codes coming up later on this year, so uh, be on the lookout. Go there and and you know buy stuff from there because it's awesome and it's kind of cool. And you'll see, you'll you'll look different. It's fun. Uh, okay, uh, that's I guess about it. Um, well, almost, almost it. What else? One th- one thing we forgot: Lucas Pisa. Oh my gosh, they didn't they didn't they didn't like release him officially yet or anything but you know we can't say goodbye to the other guys and then not say goodbye to to, to good old luca i kind of just assume that he's going to be playing the dennis seidenberg yeah. practice Which, guy role is there another team in this <laughs> in sports not just in hockey that does this it just keeps these guys around forever they're just like yeah we just might need you the this Islanders is a professional, are it's a professional sports team easily the most generous team it's a, in yeah. sports because if you played for them they will give you uh, practice time, practice ring time. <laughs> They'll let you practice with the team. Mira like, Shatan was playing with the Penguins, and he was doing. And they're like, "No, you can practice right. over here." Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's funny because you know when Spisa was lo- was noticed in the first day of camp, people freaked out. Yeah, but like, he's, and he scored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. He did. He scored against the Flyers. Um, but then the thing is, like, you, you look at it objectively, and you're like, this team has way too many defensemen as it is. Why on earth would they ever sign Lucas Pisa? And so, watch now, they're going to probably sign him to a contract tomorrow. But <laughs> and you know, even Arthur Staple at one point was like, he's he's probably here to try and get noticed for some other team that that doesn't have you know 800 defensemen on the roster. So, so but here he is. I don't think he's getting signed anywhere. He still looked very Spisa y over the course of uh, training camp. So. Uh, he, you know, I think he'll just practice with them, and then <laughs> sometime yeah, in March he'll get a contract, and oh, that's it. It's so funny. It's just, hmm. <sighs> it's it, it, I know. I, I yeah, I just it's. I was. I've asked around like if other teams do this, and hmm. nobody, nobody really was like no. And they they were basically like, what do you do? You guys do you guys do that? Yeah. Like yeah, They're like is it illegal? <laughs> I guess not. So. I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's, I, mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's no harm, no foul until he no. until he steps onto the onto the roster instead of Noah Dobson right. or something. It is weird because like they did this under Garth Snow, obviously, and you'd think that oh well maybe it's just Snowy, you know, how doing his boys a favor or whatever. But then then Lamorello comes in and they do it again, yeah. and it's like okay, new coach, new GM, but like they're still doing it. 
It's just so these, weird. These, they just like we love the school so much. Can we just <laughs> can we just stick? Can you just keep us here? You know, we turned down other contracts just so, so we could keep staying in the area. You, you know what? No joke. Like, that might be it. Like I mean, we we talk about this all the time about how guys you know will move to the island after they're done playing, and so that that might very well be it. I mean, I don't know how many guys who played for the Avalanche still live in Denver. You know, for example, right. or or you know maybe if maybe if they play for the Leafs, they live there. But yeah, you know, I don't think the Leafs want them hanging around or something like that because there's going to be a million reporters. You know, for us, it's like a staple might tweet out, oh, yeah, this guy's at camp, and then that's the end of the story. So yeah, He's uh, like, I just saw Sean Hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, well, and Martinic too. I'm surprised Martinic yeah. hasn't been hanging around. So yeah, he's, he's, um, he's probably doing something. You know who's yeah, ahead of, of Hickey on that game's played list for defensemen is Radic Martinic. And I, I was mean, like, he, really? <laughs> Radic Martinic did kind of what what, uh, what got happened, what happened to Hickey was, hmm. I mean, I re- Kevin Holler got hurt. And in, in came Radic Martinek in like 2002. And I mean, wow. you want to talk about a rookie setting the world on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We never, we never like sat down. We joked about this a little bit on Twitter, but we never actually sat down and decided it. Uh, but I, I'm just going to screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And we're going to, we're going to introduce a new segment called this player was an Islander. And because <laughs> you mentioned Kevin Holler, we're going to make him the first one. Kevin Holler was an Islander. Uh, you may remember him from his days uh, as a Buffalo Sabre, as a Montreal Canadian. I think most people might remember him as Flyer. He played a lot of games with the Flyers. Kind I, of. In I the- think if you say most people might remember. I mean, I don't. It's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Will they remember Kevin Holler? Yeah. Uh, holy yeah. cow. He scored 11 goals in a season for the 92-93 Habs. Oh, Jeez. so he's a Stanley Cup champion. 93 yeah. Habs. How about that? There you go. Who knew? And, right. he, and he was an Islander. And he was yeah. an Islander, yeah. So, uh Maybe he will, maybe we'll see him in a couple of weeks. At yeah. the, uh... <laughs> I could see that. I remember him having like a kind of a large sort of triangular cranium a little bit, like he kind of <laughs> like, like kind of like a like a, a pinky in the brain scenario, kind of like that. But you know, a normal sized guy just had kind of a biggish head. But yeah, uh, but he might have just not had a lot of hair. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh... Well, that's. I mean, that's. This is what this is what you come here for. <laughs> you know, the, the, this if is... you thought the traffic was going down. At hmm. the announcements, it was once they heard Lucas Pisa. <laughs> Lucas Pisa kills uh, podcast traffic the way he kills uh, How about, defensive speaking, breakouts. You know what is actually going to kill podcast traffic is the Coyotes thing. Did you see that? No. That they, the Coyotes announced today that they they have six podcasts. Like what? The, the Arizona Coyotes. They have a have, whole are, network of podcasts? My yeah, God. Six Why? of them. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I hadn't heard that, and now i got to look it up because that's pretty crazy. Um to have six, but I got to tell you, you know, right, so we just, we've announced two extra <laughs> Islanders podcasts. There's going to be a ton of Islanders podcasts this year. Newsday is doing well with Andrew Gross. Uh, there are some more that are popping up uh, all over the place. So it's going to be a lot of stuff to listen to if you're an Islanders fan or a Coyotes fan, I guess. But man, six, <laughs> who is it? I mean, does Phil Kessel get a podcast? Like, I don't I, know. What's, I, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think Rick Tockett gets one and, and uh, Paul Bissonnette or something, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's it. And uh, wow. That's pretty amazing. That's uh yeah, good for the, good for the Coyotes, yeah. man. I mean, that's 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 fun. What a time to be a Coyotes fan. <laughs> I like how the Coyotes are going to have more podcasts and they're going to have like actual NHL defensemen. That's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> exactly. impressive. Uh, but uh, well, we thank all of you for listening to our uh, Islanders podcast, and we hope you will continue for the rest of the season. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. We we love doing this. We we've been chomping at the bit to come back here and ready, and uh, we hope yeah. you listen to all of our podcasts yeah. and enjoy them. Uh, w- so, what's your final your final? Uh, I don't want to say prediction because that's lame, yeah. but like your final feeling about the Islanders going forward right. this year. What do you think is going to happen with them? 
I think that's the way to look at it. Is it's right? You can anyone can make a prediction, but I think like, I I am optimistic, much more optimistic. I mean, last year obviously going into the season was a bit of an outlier just because of the the tumult of the season the summer before. But um, I'm I'm excited and optimistic about like just you know I've we really fell in love with that team last year and uh, most of the guys are back and and more importantly Barry Trotz is back and and you know we're being kicked around again we're being kicked you know nobody's really paying attention to us people are saying that we're going to regress and not really be a factor and it's very rare that you get to be uh you know in this in this position two years in a row it's very rare to be an underdog two years in a row because usually when you defy expectations (laughs) they they raise the expectations and it's not really the case with us like you know we get we get to i remember the 2015 playoff team was the you know the prove people wrong guys they like to say that and and we get to prove people wrong last year, and now we get to do it again. So yeah. um, that's, and I mean, that's that's when this this franchise is at its best, is with a, you know, that kind of chip on its shoulder. So yeah. it should be fun. It, it is funny that that they get to play that card twice in in back to back. Nobody I ever mean, does that. Yeah. Don't don't take that for granted at yeah. all. <laughs> no, I think that is kind of a big deal. And uh, yeah, no, it it is. I mean, the, the trots effect. I got to be honest. Like I know that you know he had a hand in the cuts today too. That kind of sucked, but. I don't know. It just feels good. It just feels good having him back there. And you know, you, it's you take, so good to have him back. Yeah. It's and you oh, know, I can't wait to hear him. Yeah. Just every day. Uh, you know, there's going to be moments where he's going to, you know, drive you crazy and he's going to play a line combination you don't like, or a guy with too many minutes or whatever. But I mean, would you take any other coach these guys have had over the last 30 years, <laughs> maybe yeah. over, over trots and maybe Laviolette is the only one, but still like I, I the, the trots thing I got to be, I mean, I, it maybe it makes me a shameless Homer, but the trots thing goes a long way for me. It still holds yeah. a lot of water. Yeah, so. absolutely. It, well, it <laughs> just blows my mind that he's here still and, and he loves it. Yeah. Uh, so. That's the thing too, is like he keep, he loves it, which oh, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like I, I've heard a bunch of people like just will text me and be like, I just was driving down Seventh Avenue in Garden City and pass a coffee shop and there's Barry Trotz or they were here. And, you know, it's just like, yeah. there's this guy about town. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's getting free coffee. Like, give the man, give I, the coach some coffee. I hope so. I've been, tr- I've been trying to find out, uh, you know, his whereabouts for a very long time and, and <laughs> buy him a meal, but. We should make that our goal for this season. Is season somehow just get buy Barry Trotz dinner. Yeah, yeah. Try and get try and have coffee with Barry Trotz. Like that's what we want to do. Like that's if we can make send, that happen. We'll send him some Zorns. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. Well, no, he's definitely well. Or I'll take him to uh, to um, All American. We'll have a seat out oh. the, outside on uh, Merrick Road and just have some burgers and shakes and just enjoy ourselves. Yeah. So just yeah, sitting on the hood of the car and. <laughs> Yeah, I, my favorite thing about All American is you can either sit in one of the picnic tables on the side next to the garbage cans, or on your the hood of your car by the dumpsters. Like that's the only <laughs> seating arrangement they have. But there's Carvel next to, and this is there's a Starbucks across the street if you want coffee. So yeah, I think so. I was there two weekends ago. I had oh. to pick up my better half, and I mm. I was with my dog Jimmy, and um, I didn't want to sit in the parking lot with him, mm. and then I also didn't want to like leave him in the car, <laughs> so I got my stuff and I drove around the block and I parked on a side street with my lights on hmm. and I just uh, there were a bunch of cars that were driving by and they, they just saw me and this pit bull and <laughs> just cheeseber- cheeseburgers cheeseburgers <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Long Island uh, summer so, night to yeah, me I don't know about, about you that's a 
Yeah, that was my peak. <laughs> a man, his oh. dog, and his cheeseburger. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, see, now I want a cheeseburger. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, well, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll uh, keep your eyes open for a lot more Islanders uh, anxiety, a lot more Islanders podcasts from Lighthouse Hockey. And uh, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye.